the next four couple of days. The temperature now is 20 degrees and the humidity 90%. The news from RTHK. Good morning. Welcome to Back Chat. I'm Danny Gittings. And I'm Paul Zimmerman. On today's special edition of Back Chat, we're examining this year's budget, delivering his financial blueprint at the Legislative Council yesterday. Financial Secretary Paul Chan announced a wide range of measures, from the much-expected removal of all remaining property curbs to the extension of tax concessions for electric vehicles, and a fund to help the Hong Kong develop into a green maritime fuel bunkering centre. However, there was a mixture of good and bad news about Hong Kong's economy. The unemployment is down, while both economic growth and visitor arrivals are up. But so too is the budget deficit, which will surpass $100 billion this year, almost twice last year's forecast. And although there are no plans for a sales tax, some other taxes are increasing with the government planning to collect a 3% hotel accommodation tax. So do tell us what you think of this year's budget. We want to hear from you. You can call us anytime on 233-88266 and join the conversation. Or WhatsApp us, the number there, 689-98518. Or you can comment on our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio Free, or email us at backchat at rthk.hk. And indeed, as well as comments on today's show, you are very welcome to uh, call the Financial Secretary. Uh, Yes, the Financial Secretary. Secretary will be here live on Radio Free from 8 o'clock to 9 o'clock tomorrow morning. Join us in the studio to answer your questions. Programme will also be live broadcast on RTHK TV channels 31 and 32. So uh, call us either today on today's back chat with uh, your thoughts on the budget and or, or call the Financial Secretary tomorrow um, or, or both. The number on both cases is the same, 233-88266. Our guests in the uh, first, uh, first segment of the show this morning, we have with us Hannah Jung, who is the head of um, Valuation Advisory Services at Colliers, and we have Wendy Hong, who is an, a uh, lawmaker from the Election Committee. Uh, good morning. Welcome to Back Chat. Hannah Jung, let's go to you first. Um, we're already seeing all kinds of stories about the uh, property market following the uh, uh, lifting of the uh, remaining uh, special duties yesterday. Uh, some uh, how, uh, some uh, se- sellers raising their, their prices, uh, reports of a couple of people buying homes. What's your, what's your assessment of the likely impact? Um, the re- complete removal of all the same duties were a little bit surprised to the market because we were debating how much government will react to the market. Mm. So it shows how eager his, um, the government want to revive the residential market of Hong Kong. Um, definitely, this is a good sign for both seller and buyer because the, the initial cost or the carrying over cost ahead will be reduced. Uh, but the impact immediately will be more on the transaction volume. 2022-2023, we have a considerably quieter market, and that shows about 44,000 transactions per year, which is about 40% down from 2021. At that moment, we were about 74,000 transactions per year. Mm. So given this removal of stamp duty, we'll revive the market. People no longer hold any two years or even one year. So this will come to the market and developers are willing to get rid of their stocks immediately. So we expect that the transaction volume will come back to roughly 63,000, which is a five years average from 2017 to 2021. However, it will not really boost up the pricing yet 
because we still have a high interest rate and uncertain market conditions and competition between those stocks. We have a 21,000 unsold units and then government target to sell 19,000 per year or launching the market. And then those, the second, secondary market will be uh, pushing a lot of stocks out. So those severe competition will not be favored to price. So our forecast doesn't really change. We remain negative for 2024, which is about uh, minus 10% pricing adjustment in 2024. So you expect prices up, but volume um, uh, volumes up and prices uh, to continue to go and trending down. Correct. Okay, so what can we do to get the volumes up? I mean, uh, we have to go beyond the measures that have been taken? Um, I think tra- uh, you mean the tra- price. Well, if, if we want to get, you know, the volume up is probably going to be a very temporary situation, isn't it? That's not going to be lasting. That's going to be a short-term impact. Or do you see that oh, no, continuous I, up I, in I, the volume? I think volume will get back to the normal. So five years average is 63,000. That's not um, that's not substantial number. So getting back to original transaction volume uh, activities, I think that that will not go away. It's not temporary. So the boost up the volume first, then the price will be readjusted. So that's the, always the sequence. We were like shouting a lot about how difficult the market is. Is it because the market wasn't moved? Like even I want to say nobody want to buy. Um, even uh, developers are holding on their stocks because the price is not really the expectation. Subsequently, the whole ecosystem from developer, designer, interior final company, agency, all this industry has been severely affected. But the once transaction volume come back, the economy activity will happen and that will help the overall market. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, let's bring in the uh, second of our guests uh, in the first segment of the discussion, uh, Wendy Hong. Wendy Hong is a member of the Legislative Council for the election committee. Uh, good morning, Miss Hong. Welcome to Back Chat. Good morning. Good uh, morning. What did you mm. make of the budget and in particular the uh, relaxation of the, um, of, of, the, of the measures on the property market in particular? Yeah, I, um, my assessment of the budget is that there are both good and bad news. Uh, my expectation for the budget is reform. Um, it is commendable that the budget has shown the early signs of reform by proposing a general direction of uh, pragmatically raising revenue and uh, focusing on cutting expenditure. But uh, up to now, I didn't see uh, um, uh, um, significant reform measures in cutting our uh, expenditure. In terms of uh, uh, housing, I know many groups and people urged the government to draw uh, property cooling measures, and I welcome the government action to do so. Um, however, I kind of agree with Hannah. Um, you know, I suggested that the government should re- uh, refrain from scrapping all cooling measures in one go uh, to avoid causing volatility in the market, um, particularly the special stamp duty uh, SSD was um, introduced to discourage people from selling a property within 24 months um, from the acquisition. Mm-hmm. I personally think this measure should be kept uh, because it was originally designed to reduce short-term speculation. Um, another concern of mine is that if we suddenly scrap all the cooling measures in one go, will there be a surge in second-hand property sales causing the market to um, collapse? I'm not sure about that. 
So let's wait and see. <laughs> what did you mean when you said uh, you, 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 you were disappointed there are not significant reforms in the budget? What, what kind of reforms mm. did you, were you hoping for? Mm. Uh, actually, uh, we can see a trend of significant expanding of government expenditure do, uh, during the past 20 years, particularly the past uh, 10 years. Um, uh, our, um, the rise of government revenue is in short of government expenditure expansion significantly. To, in order to reduce expenditure, the budget has proposed a series of fiscal consolidation measures uh, to control the growth of operating hmm. expenditure. However, no reform measures have been introduced to the welfare system, which has seen the most rapid expansion in the expenditure. Uh, let me give you some example. Um, in 2022, the two tiers of the uh, Social Security Allowance for the elderly SSA were merged and uh, bring them all in line with the higher tier. And the relevant expenditure has increased by more than 10 billion in just two years. Mm-hmm. And in the future, we will see at least um, 50,000 new elderly people will receive um, we'll receive the relevant benefits each year in the future, and the expenditure will soar. As Hong Kong's demographic structure uh, turns into an inverted pyramid with the number of elderly expanding and the youth population shrinking, one day... It's expensive. It, yeah. One okay. day the young generation will not be able to provide for the elderly. But and that's a temporary system, situation, isn't it? I mean, uh, that's uh, that the bubble will pu- the bubble will pass. But if it's, isn't it uh, any downturns and uh, we have economic issues that the government should spend more? I mean, if the government starts squeezing uh, the expenditure at, the, at this moment, then it further exacerbates the uh, the economic issue, the problems we're having: uh, the closure of shops, closure of businesses. Um, isn't it that we have to spend more now? Because to get us through the bad period. That's why we have made all the savings over so many years. Well, I don't think so. Uh, Actually, I'm cautiously optimistic about our fiscal health in the medium to long term. And the budget proposed the two uh, preconditions for our future fiscal health. Mm. First uh, is our normal GDP growth should be maintained at 5.5 or above per Per year. That's your expectation. Second, yes, and second, the issue of um, 95 to 135 billion debt every year, with the level of the government debt rising to uh, nine to 13 percent of GDP, about three times the current level. So, according to uh, projections, Hong Kong will break even uh, next year, and then we will see a surplus. But only if the annual debt of over one hundred billion is treated as a revenue. Otherwise Hong Kong will still have a deficit for the next five years. You make a so, yeah, you make a very good point, don't you? I mean if we factor in the the government's borrowing, I mean the I think the real deficit uh, this year is something like hundred and seventy three hundred and seventy three billion instead of hundred and one yes. billion, isn't it? And ne- even next year and, and next year there's gonna be even more borrowing. So the uh, real deficit would be about uh, hundred and forty three billion, wouldn't it? Yes, basically the risk of structural deficit has not yet been eliminated. And uh, 
I believe the, master, the community must consider whether we have sufficient resources to cope with another black swan event similar to that of the COVID in the future. Uh, let's go back. Thank you for those interesting thoughts. Let's go back to Hannah Jung. Hannah Jung, do you have any uh, thoughts on Hong Kong's broader fiscal situation, as we see from the budget? Yeah, I think government, um, the largest income stream was always the land sales. And um, during the budget announcement, government announced there will be eight residential sales, uh, the land sales, and two commercial and one industrial. Um, we haven't got the list yet. I think we are getting today, but eight residential sites are technically, if that's the eight, then it's technically rolling over from last year. So I, I'm not sure whether they were able to add a new land, but eight, not eight is quite insignificant number. And given the market, um, the land price has came down quite significantly, the revenue to the government, if they sell all of them, will be still less than 40 billion um, Hong Kong dollar, roughly around 33 billion if, it, if they can able to sell all. But generally, government able to meet only 50% of the KPIs. If they say they will sell 10, they say able to only sell at five. So the land revenue continuously the biggest problem for the government. I think that's why they want to issue more bonds, etc. But ultimately, the market has to regain the confidence. Otherwise, developers still try to not beat the land. Um, but given the high cost right now, both interest rate as well as construction cost, mm. and nothing has been changed compared to last year and this year, and you are rolling over the same exact same site, why I want to go in now, which I didn't go in last year, right? So I think I'm a little bit pessimistic about the land sales revenue um, target 2024, unless government able to add more, better land or uh, more creative ideas, not putting too much burden to the developer they will maybe uh, provide more liquidity in the market. All right, so this year is not going to be a good year, but do you see the long-term uh, future? I mean, do you see it as bouncing back? I mean, is the government doing the right thing by trying to get it through this, uh, this, uh, this poor, the poor period and back to, uh, to a future of, uh, of uh, positive uh, numbers? I think long-term, yes, because that's why government is putting so much effort on bringing new talent bring a new money, and then North Metro Police is something they are pushing really hard to give a better space for the people, better entity to coming in related to INT. Um, I think looking at the long term, like even at the developed city, no developed city putting so much effort on the infrastructure, but Hong Kong does that, and that continues. So in the long term, yes, I believe it so. And government's concern is not really about the price. Their concern is keeping affordable housing. So it's still aligned with their vision. And as long as the supply continuously coming in and market able to absorb, that that's, um, that's meeting their expectations. So I think in the long term, if we go back to a, a good shape, I, I, I don't think many of the citizens are expecting the price level will go up to the peak level. And that's not really desirable. So it's coming back to the new norm and able to afford and 
Leaveable space. I think that's where everyone is. Great. Okay. Thank 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 you very much. Uh, That was uh, Hannah Jung, um, Head of Valuation Advisory Service at Colliers. Thank you very much for joining us on Backchat this morning. Let's just go briefly back to uh, Wendy Hong, uh, Election Committee Mm -hmm. lawmaker, who I know also has to go. But uh, Wendy Hong, um, just before you go, you're quite worried about, you mentioned uh, you're quite worried about the lack of um, reform measures, I think further cuts in government expenditure. How much do you think the government needs to cut uh, expenditure, Wendy Hong? Uh, uh, I would like to take this chance to comment on affordable housing. Yeah. I always think that Hong Kong is not in short of public rental housing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have more than 30% families living in yeah. uh, public rental housing, which is the highest in the whole world. Yeah. I think what we need is having a housing ladders above the public rental housing, mainly subsidized the sale flat, mm-hmm. uh, linking the public rental housing and the private housing unit. This will allow people to move up the ladder and uh, increase the turnover rate uh-huh. of the public rental housing. Government has <laughs> thought about this for a long time. I mean, they have not been yeah. able to do this. Uh, and they've, they've, they've tried this. Yeah. Actually, in this um, uh, budget, we addressed the public rental housing issue, and uh, we we will build more than 200,000 units in the coming 10 years. We extended the cash allowance scheme for one year. We also addressed the private market, but we did nothing for sandwich class at all. Mm. We always forget that there are a big, a large group of family in Hong Kong who are not eligible for applying um, public okay. rental housing, while they are not incapable yeah. or they, are, they cannot afford um, okay. private housing <clears throat> units. They are the so-called sandwich class, yeah. okay. and uh, <clears throat> we totally neglect their needs. Yeah, we have not been able to find a solution for that. <laughs> okay, uh, thank you very much, uh, Wendy thank Hong, uh, for thank joining you. us thank on you. Back Chat this morning. Uh, let's now bring in the uh, third, <coughs> excuse me, the third of our guests. The third of our guests is, is Anthony Wong, who's a business director of the uh, Hong Kong Council of Social Services. Uh, good morning, Mr. Wong. Thank you for joining us. Good, good morning. Good morning. Now, uh, 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 we, we've been listening to other guests on Back Chat saying that. Um, uh, the, go- the government is cutting public expenditure, but they were saying the government needs to cut public expenditure even more. That um, the Hong Kong's fiscal position just does not allow us to have the same level of public expenditure, and it has to be cut faster than uh, it is already being cut. Um, what's what's mm. your view on that? No, I, I think we we shouldn't discuss about the uh, budget in terms of like we are talking like a, like an account. It's not just we can't discuss it like independent of the. Uh, actual situation in the society of Hong Kong, because as you all know that we are actually in uh, not even the, the peak of the aging society. Mm-hmm. We're just starting to, uh, com- our population is getting over very quickly in the coming next decade. So, Are we ready for, uh, for an aging population? Are we ready uh, for it? I think we are, we are actually preparing for it. Like, like people are commenting on like, our age uh, living allowance. I think this kind of measure is going to help the elderly to maintain a certain, you know, decent level of living uh, in Hong Kong. So, uh, and of course, we all, uh, we were aware of that this kind of expenditure is going to go up in uh, during this period. But I think these are, these are what we need. I mean, uh, especially people like elderly and other uh disadvantaged people mm. or families. Like we have seen a lot of tragedies in the families 
But we are having, you know, in the entire world, we are you know, facing another tsunami of mental health. So these are the things that are the real needs that we have to address. And if I understand that the government is trying to cut the expenditure, I mean, the public expenditure, uh, 1%, 2% in the coming two years. Now, these are worrying us. Not, uh, we, we are we're glad to hear that uh, they are not going to cut the CSSA and the related cash allowance. But even for people running services, which are important for the disadvantaged people in Hong Kong, I think this kind of measure has to be very carefully implemented. I would suggest that the government should you know, discuss with the sector, with the NGO sector, and also with the service operator to iron out what are the most priority uh, group of people that we shouldn't cut those uh, services. Mm. I mean, if there is a need to cut this uh, expenditure, we should have a list of uh, priority rather than like a across the board cut. So where would you, I mean, they've already said they will exempt CSSA expenditure, won't they, from the cuts, um, which is a very yeah. substantial part of government revenue. I mean, you can't exempt everything. Where, where, where would you place the cuts? I mean, if we don't have enough money, we've got to cut somewhere. Now, as, as I said, you know, people like, like the expenditure on OH uh, living allowance, although it's kind of a big expenditure for the government, but if you can give those monies to people, uh, you know, which are constituting a substantial proportion of our population to spend, that is going to help the economy as well. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, so this kind of expenditure, of course, and also other like uh, elderly care service, residential care service, and also, uh, you know, uh, child care service. As we can see in the last couple of years, we have so many, you know, family and children tragedy. Uh, we, are, we are talking about how we should enhance the service. Now we are cutting back the service. It's going to, you know, having a huge impact on the, this kind of disaster. So, so you don't see any opportunity for uh, for cost savings. Uh, what you're saying is the demographics are such that, uh, you know, the, the the elderly population is growing. We've got to deal with them. We've got to, we've got to look after them and it's going to cost more money. So you can't cut it. No, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that we are, we understand that, fully understand that we are having a big deficit. But, you know, you have so many bureaus, so many different departments. There, there must be some kind of priority that we should leave out and, and think about how we should, you know, cut those kind of not so immediate or not so urgent kind of uh, needs and then devote all other resources to, to people who are more in need. Okay. Like, for example, people have been talking about how we should increase the fee for uh, recreational or sports facilities. I think these kind of things can be deliberated in the community. But if we are, you know, you know, you know, cutting those uh, expenditure on people who are in desperately in need, that would be quite, you know, um, uh, having a you know negative impact on you know those people who are really in need of. How about the uh, how about the transport subsidy and the two dollar fare for people aged over sixty? The cost of that has ballooned far beyond what the government originally expected. The financial secretary said it's going yeah. to be reviewed in the budget. He didn't say there's any prospect of um, of changing it. But what what are your thoughts? Yeah, no, we we. You know, we, we will remember that when this measure were first uh, was first released, uh, people, uh, even in the uh, elderly uh, groups or people who are with dis- uh, disabilities, they welcomed it so much, and the entire community was happy about this measure. Uh, now that we understand that the expenditure uh, is high, 
But you have to understand that a lot of people who are you know, aged and also who are with uh, mobility disabilities, if you have this kind of uh, scheme that is going to encourage them to participate more in the community, I think uh, we understand the difficulty, but then we have to deliberate, deliberate carefully how it would impact on the mobility of people and, and in terms of uh, participating in the society. And if you reduce that, then the economy, you have, have a negative economic effect? Um, uh, you, uh, we, I'm not an economist, but <laughs> I just say that uh, you, we, we should... But we, you understand should, people's behavior. We so, should balance uh, the, uh, the uh, expenditure and also how we should encourage more participation opportunities of pe- these people, and ex- especially when this uh, group of people are constituting okay. a rather substantial proportion of the population. Keep okay, uh, th- thank you very much uh, for joining us this thank morning. Uh, that was Anthony Wong, mm-hmm. uh, Business Director of the Hong Kong Council of Social Services. Um, we're going to take a break for the news, but stay with us because we'll be continuing discussion about uh, the budget after the news, and you can, we'd love to hear what you have to think about the budget. You can call us on 233-88266 and just to remind you, you're welcome to call uh, on this morning's show. We'd love to hear from you, but also tomorrow morning, uh, the Financial Secretary will be here on Radio Free, live from 8 o'clock to 9 o'clock in the studio to answer your questions. The programme also being broadcast on RTHK TV's 31 and 32. So uh, do get, get your calls in tomorrow, and based on past experience, get them in early if you want to actually be able to speak to the Financial Secretary. Uh, the weather forecast, uh, it's going to be mainly cloudy with uh, one or two rain showers. Uh, maximum temperature is going to be 21 degrees today, but temperatures are going to start to fall. It will be down to 15 degrees uh, tonight, and then it's going to fall to about 13 degrees on Saturday. Currently, however, it's 20 degrees, relative humidity 89%. It's 9.30. Here's Carol Musgrave with the news. Lawmakers and representatives of the real estate sector have welcomed the government's decision to scrap property cooling measures. Industry insiders welcomed the move in yesterday's budget to end levies on second home buyers and purchases by non-residents. However, many said they expected prices to continue falling for now amid high borrowing costs and a glut in supply. The U.S. Supreme Court has agreed to decide if former President Donald Trump can be prosecuted on charges of trying to overturn the 2020 presidential election. Arguments in the case have been scheduled for late April. The Republican leader in the U.S. Senate, Mitch McConnell, says he will step down from his position in November after almost two decades. But he said he would continue to represent Kentucky until his term ends in 2027. Mr McConnell said it was time for others to step in. We'll have more news for you at 10. It would be unimaginable if we ran out of water. You couldn't play with water under the sun. You couldn't cook your favorite food. You would not be able to do anything without water. Did you know that on average, each person in Hong Kong uses 150 one-liter bottles of water per day? A water shortage might be closer than you think. Remember to use water wisely. The Water Supplies Department reminds you, save water today for a sustainable future. Starting from August 25th, 2024, Hong Kong residents, including eligible persons with disabilities aged 60 or above, must use a Joy U card to enjoy the $2 scheme. Apply now if you do not have one. Card replacement is not required for eligible persons with disabilities aged below 60. For details, visit the Joy U card website or call 3147 1388. 
Welcome back to Bat Chat. I'm Danny Gittings. And I'm Paul Zimmerman. In the second half of the show, we're going to be continuing our discussion on yesterday's budget delivered by the Financial Secretary, mm. Paul Chan. And a reminder that the Financial Secretary himself will be tomorrow. here tomorrow morning from 8 mm. o'clock to 9 o'clock uh, in RTHK and also Radio Free and also live on RTHK's TV 31 and 32. So that will be your chance to put your comments directly to the Financial Secretary on 233-88266. You can use the same number. Uh, to uh, call us now with your thoughts on the budget. And, of course, uh, we welcome your thoughts through other channels as well. You can email us at backchat at rthk or hk, comment on our Facebook page, backchat on rthk radio free, or, or WhatsApp us on 6899-8518. Uh, before we go to our guests, let me bring in a comment that's come in from uh, Ilnor. Ilnor saying, it's impossible to uh, please everyone with the budget. Although there are a few sweeteners in the budget, a few sweeteners in the blueprint, there are some positive aspects worth noting. The removal of, of cooling property measures, the introduction of higher taxes for higher earners, reductions in government expenditure and freezing expansion of civil service manpower, along with an increase in tobacco tax. Those are just a few examples. Regarding Kerry Lamb's uh, Lantau Vision project, decision to put it on hold raises concerns about its future. If the government is unable to secure financing, it seems unlikely they'll be able to pursue it later on. I also find the revival of the 3% hotel accommodation tax somewhat contradictory. It seems conflicting to be trying to attract tourists and visitors to the city while simultaneously imposing taxes on them to gen- generate revenue. Also, the Hong Kong dollar to, to, to Hong Kong dollar public transport fare subsidy scheme for the elderly and people with disabilities being under review suggest changes are on the horizon for this scheme. Furthermore, I would question the frequent pyrotechnic and drone displays considering the significant cost to taxpayers for each show. It's worth considering whether such expenses are justified um, and if there are more cost-effective alternatives available. Finally, let's hope that the budget will be able to deliver on its promises, as stated on the cover of the blueprint, uh, advance with confidence, uh, seize opportunities and strive uh, for high-quality uh, development. How about, how about you, Danny? You'd like to see the pyrotechnics <laughs> continue on a monthly basis? Well, I mean, for fireworks is always great, right? Whether, where, but I mean, raises an interesting point, doesn't he, about whether that's, I've heard that from other people, whether that's the most cost-effective use of money, especially at a time when we're, we're money's actually slightly short supply. Well, if, 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 if we're shifting to a city where we want more tourism and uh, there's a shift to tourism industry, then maybe it's not a better idea. We'll have to see how it works out. Okay, let's bring in our guest uh, for the uh, second half of the show, we have uh, Jason Leung. Jason Leung is mm. Head of uh, Land and Housing Research and a Public Policy Analyst at our Hong Kong Foundation. We have Willie Lin. Willie Lin is the Chair of the uh, Hong Kong Shippers Council. And we have Polly Wan. Polly Wan is a uh, tax partner at Deloitte. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. Jason Leung, uh, let's uh, go to you first. Uh, what, what's your impression on, on the, the budget and specifically on the easing of the, the measures on the property market? Well, I think it's a positive measure on the market because it will uh, certainly improve the market sentiment and help to, you know, uh, revive the level of transactions back uh, to the normal days. Um, however, you know, people were talking about how this will affect, you know, the future trends in the property market. So I think it's still up for um, some observation because, um, well, of course, the uh, easing of these spicy measures is somewhat a positive uh, uh, trend on the market sentiment, but whether it can affect prices, that's another thing. Um, I think it will still be uh, dependent more on the fundamental factors, such as the interest rate uh, trends, uh, the external environment, 
uh, de- demand and supply balance and so forth. So I think how um, things will go remains to be seen. But overall, I think it's a positive impact. Now, the, the tech industry is uh, is again being uh, uh, fettered in this budget with additional money. I mean, is, are we on the right track? Should we leave tech to Shenzhen and should Hong Kong focus on another industry? Is it Are, are we having a real structural review of where we are and where we should be going? Or are we continuing the... Uh, the, the, the trend we've have seen so far where we're trying to mimic what happens in Shenzhen? Well, I think the uh, government has a clear target of uh, developing the tech industry as a second uh, economic engine of Hong Kong. However, that is a very uh, uh, long-term investment that will not uh, you know, yield quick results. So I think in the meantime, we still need uh, other things to prop up the economy while, uh, you know, the investments and the, and the infrastructure for the tech industry takes place. So um, what the government has done is trying to boost the retail and tourism industry as a short-term quick fix. And I think that's the right direction. Well, how about the hotel accommodation tax? The point was just made by a listener, and I've heard that from elsewhere. If you're trying to boost the tourism industry, um, adding a hotel accommodation tax seems a slightly strange way about, of going about it. Yeah. Well, I think uh, there are two ways of looking at it, right? Uh, firstly, uh, if you compare Hong Kong's hotel prices with uh, other you know, popular tourist cities in Asia, um, we are actually on par, if not cheaper. For example, um, Singapore, um, I've uh, taken a look at the statistics, it's about 20 to 30% more expensive than Hong Kong uh, in February, you know, uh, taking the average of all days, you know, given the Chinese New Year holidays. Well, the problem is that um, during the uh, holiday seasons, the price hikes in our hotel rooms is really sharp. And uh, this is especially so for the lower end uh, hotels. Uh, we've done a um, calculation and it shows that, you know, the hikes can go up to uh, close to 400 percent for mm-hmm. those lower end rooms. And that's a huge deterrence for tourists. So the problem is with the price hikes, I, I would say. But not is, it, is it a supply issue or a price, price hike issue? The price hike follows supply price uh, constraints, isn't yeah, it? The price hike. And the second point I want to make is that, you know, um, the, the 3%, uh, you know, comparing to uh, that of the other cities, you know, Macau comes in at 5%. Mm. Taiwan is about 10 to 15%. You know, China, mainland China, 6%. Um, so I would say 3% in Hong Kong, it's kind of mild. Uh, it's it's not that much compared to other cities. Right. Okay, thank you very much. Let, let's bring in Polly One. Polly One is a tax partner at Deloitte. Good morning. Welcome to Back Chat. Um, Hello. We've heard a lot of other guests have been commenting about um, the Hong Kong government's uh, fiscal position and how uh, when we account for the uh, borrowing in bonds, uh, the substantial borrowing by the government, the, the, you might say the, the real deficit or the difference between uh, um, revenue and expenditure is much larger. I think it's $173 billion this year when you take account of borrowing. Um, what, what's your view on this? Um, I guess uh, the fiscal deficit is a hard fact. Uh, we cannot deny. But the major reason is because the Hong Kong government uh, failed to generate huge revenue from bank sales as expected. Uh, but we can see that the government strives to uh, reduce the deficit by controlling the expenditure. And it also tried to expand the uh, income, increase the income by various means. Uh, we consider that the government is uh, working hard to, uh, to to strike a balance and uh, target to keep uh, a healthy level of fiscal reserve. Uh, so where do you see it end up and, uh, at the end of this year? Uh, what is your expectation where we are going to end up with the budget? Uh, 
we made an estimation and it's around uh, 100 and 117 billion Hong Kong dollars. It's close to the estimation made by uh, the financial secretary. And how much do you expect to be in bond sales this year? Uh, actually, this, uh, this year, you mean the uh, year? Well, this, this, new, this new year, yeah. Uh, the coming year, yep. the coming financial year. I um, the budget seems mentioned the figures, and it's a little bit higher than uh, the current year, the year of assessment, uh, 24, 20, uh, 23, 24. So it's around uh, $700 billion Hong Kong dollar. I cannot recall the figure. Yeah. Okay, so the total budget deficit is going to be, including the uh, the funding by, by bonds, is going to be much higher. So we still have a very, a very large, uh, a big gap, a big hole in front of us. Uh, probably uh, one, I think the question is, is do, do you see this as a cyclical budget deficit or is it a structural budget deficit? I think it is uh, very, very much depends on the definition of the structural deficit. Uh, in fact, uh, for the government bonds, which was recognized as revenue by the government, it largely refers to the green bond, uh, which specific green use. So, uh, uh, and the green bond is not really was not really issued to 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 uh, to. To, to reduce the deficit of the government, but issue for the specific use, um, most of them in relatively short term, three years. So I think it is not a means used by the government mm. to reduce the deficit. Okay, and uh, what is your view on the, um, the the property measures, the easing of the um, the special stamp duty and so on, and the uh, uh, the likely impact on the property market, Polly One? Uh, these so-called spicy measures were introduced by the government uh, many years ago. I think it's more than 10 years. And this measures is to uh, deter to curb the short-term speculation activities. And uh, we can see that the government adjusted measures from time to time with reference to the market situation. And uh, so based on the current market situation, I think it is a good time to, to abolish these spicy measures. And I think... Uh, some of the population will be benefit from this uh, this cancellation of the measures. And uh, for example, we know that uh, the uh, the measures just abolished, including the BSC, the buy stamp duty, uh, new residential stamp duty, uh, special stamp duty, and uh, the BSC and NRSC is mostly for buyers and SSD mostly for sellers. So uh, it depends. Uh, it depends on, on how this change affects the selected population. And actually, I've looked at the government statistics, and I know that for BSD, uh, the BSD for the first nine months in this financial year, uh, that is April to December 2023, increased significantly by over 40% compared to the same period at last year. And BSD applies to non-Hong Kong permanent residents. Uh, coming to Hong Kong to buy residential properties. Mm. And this increase seems to be a result after the government introduced various talent schemes to uh, attract overseas talents. So uh, I think it also echoes what the financial secretary, secretary said. Uh, the, uh, they approve a lot of applications of stamp duty suspension arrangement, which was applicable to incoming talents, uh, which was introduced at the end of last uh, the previous financial year. So I think it, it demonstrates that 
the incoming talents are financially capable and are interested to purchase properties in Hong Kong for their own use. Okay, thank you very much. Stay with us. That's Polly Wan, uh, tax uh, partner at Deloitte, uh, talking about the impact of this budget. Uh, let's bring in the third of our guests in the uh, second half of the discussion. We're also joined by uh, Willie Lin. Willie Lin is the chair of the Hong Kong Shippers Council. Um, good morning, Mr. Lin. Welcome to Back Chat. Good morning. Um, good now, morning. How are you guys? <laughs> thanks for joining us. Um, I mean, there was quite an interesting initiative mentioned in the budget about um, a green maritime fuel bunkering centre. I, I wonder if you have any thoughts on that and indeed on, on the other measures in the budget? Well, I think this um, uh, echo last late last year. Uh, when okay. It's an old plan, uh, you mean? Out the maritime um, roadmap, per se. Mm. And this is a uh, green, um, green fuel, also, um, which is one of the important aspects the maritime trade believes will, con- uh, will, be, um, will have to attract the um, international con- uh, container liners to continue to visit Hong Kong. Um, and uh, um, of course, we are very excited to hear to look at to hear that um, um, they will be um, retargeting and looking at uh, green methanol as one of their uh, fuel uh, besides LNG that we're using now. So I think we um, and particularly I think of interest is actually um, um, a, most a lot of there's a plentiful of um, green methanol actually now. Um, inside China, so um, setting up this scheme, enabling the. the okay, I, I'm sorry. I'm, so, I'm sorry to interrupt, Mr. Lin. We're we're having right. having a bit of problems with your phone line, which sometimes happens with mobile phone reception. Uh, well, maybe we'll try and call you back on a different line, and we'll come back to you to continue discussion on that point. Uh, while, while we're trying to get uh, Mr. Lin back uh, back again, um, uh, let's go back to uh, Jason Lung. Uh, Jason Lung from the uh, Hong Kong Foundation, who's already been talking about from a general impact. But I wonder also, uh, Jason Lung, whether you have any thoughts on uh, some of the other measures in the budget, particularly on, on things like on um, on mega events, trying to attract uh, more more, vi- more visitors to Hong Kong. Um, what, what else catches your eye in the budget? Well, I think um, I'm glad to see that the government actually launched you know, measures to uh, cultivate uh, new events mm. and uh, also new tourism packages uh, with a Hong Kong twist. I think this is very important because um, many of the mega events that um, uh, the government mentioned previously, they were kind of imported per se. So, for example, you know, the uh, Golf Open, the Rugby Sevens, things like that. You know, these, these are events that are non-local in the sense that uh, it can be held in other cities and experience would more or less the same because you're watching a sports tournament, for example. However, what we really need, um, you know, to sustain a competitive advantage for Hong Kong, it's really events that tourists can only come to experience in Hong Kong. You know, so I hope that, um, you know, the government... Examples uh, for this? Um, It's not Taylor Swift then, uh, because she can go anywhere. But what is your example for a real Hong Kong unique experience that the government should invest in? They're talking about reality, Hong Kong reality shows, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, I think that that could be an interesting one because we've had the Tai uh, Hong, you know, the the, 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 the Fire Dragon dance mm. for quite some years. And I think, we, um, you know, there could be some new ideas. For example, the reality shows is an interesting idea because it will target, you know, the younger audiences. And it will be a natural way to showcase Hong Kong's, um, you know, culinary 
uh, specialties, you know, uh, Hong Kong shopping experience, the Hong Kong city skyline. It's an interesting way of uh, presenting Hong Kong's attractiveness. What would so be a re- sorry, what would be a reality show though? I mean, in England, Australia, right? They put the people on deserted islands, don't they, and things like that, right? And uh, see who pairs off with each other. I think in the Hong Kong context, it would have to be something rather different, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think it would be um, something rather different. Or, you know, it can be a, uh, you know, the, the, the host can, you know, can be put onto a challenge, you know, to uncover uh, Hong Kong's uh, history or, you know, Hong Kong's uh, unique specialties. Uh, for example, you know, you can you can uh, let the host, you know, do a city walk around uh, Hong Kong's traditional urban areas and task him to find, uh, mm. you know, all these uh, unique specialties that you want to showcase. Uh, just mm. a, a city tour lasting for about a day, you know, you can walk around freely. Um, you can have meals, you know, uh, uh, freely uh, uncover new, uh, you know, those local shops uh, that are down the road, you know, instead of all those um, chain stores that we are all very familiar with. So that, uh, I think it will help to uncover some of the uh, Hong Kong specialties. That really interesting interesting. Ideas, uh, yeah, yeah, interesting. Would it be good to focus, uh, in addition to these events, and uh, which are, uh, you know, you, you organise them and the money is gone, um, to also look at uh, investment in a more infrastructural uh, tourism um, solution, for example, uh, marinas and trying to get uh, basically people to enjoy the, uh, the beautiful islands and our shorelines and, uh, and, and ensure we have lots of space for people to come in with their boats and more infrastructural solutions to attract new tourism. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, in fact, I think there are two two points that uh, I do I really like in the budget. Firstly, is to um, you know enhance our promenade resources. Well, you know the, our promenades are mostly for recreational use, so people just you know take a take a brisk walk and things like that. But I think we can do much more with that once we include uh, commercial and uh, retail elements or F and B elements. Uh, in promenade, uh, we can actually liven things up and uh, put that into a new tourist attraction. In fact, with our uh, world-class skyline, I think there's much more we can do with this backdrop already available. That's the first thing. The second thing is our, uh, you know, our islands. Um, we do have some beautiful na- uh, natural sceneries, and I think um, once we leverage these resources, it can be a new point of attraction for Hong Kong as well. Mm-hmm. In fact, um, you know, when we look at other places like Australia, you know, they have really targeted blueprints for developing their uh, natural attractions. I think Hong Kong can do the same, just that we need a more systematic approach to uh, cultivate these tourism resources. Okay, okay thank you. Uh, stay with us, Jason Leung. But um, uh, Willie Leung, uh, Willie, sorry, Willie Lin from the Hong Kong Shippers Council is back with us, hopefully on a better phone line. Um, um, Mr. Lin, you were talking about uh, the shipping-related initiatives in the budget, particularly the uh, Green Maritime Fuel Bunkering Centre, which I think, think you said was a follow-up from last year's budget. Yes, actually, the follow-up from the last year, um, at the end of last year, um, Secretary Lam um, laid out of the plan for the futures of the Hong Kong maritime um, trade industries. And, of course, one of the many um, reports was happening is um, to start look at green fuel for the futures. I think um, when we go into 2030 and 2050, um, we all know that carbon net zero is the trend. And we have to be prepared. We have to be. We have to make known to the international maritime trade that Hong Kong do have and will have um, the green methanol or the green fuel um, available for the shipping line to bunker in Hong Kong. Right. Now, that is a very, very, very important message, and it's a very clear message that we will have it. And um, we are looking forward 
to a very quick um, report from the government to see how they are going to attract investment into um, doing that. Um, China is one of the biggest places for investment production at this moment. But at the same time, technology, as you tell us, that even the, um, the eco park in Hong Kong, you have a lot of, um, uh, you can actually attract a lot of um, green methanol from the eco park also. So all the waste that we have coming every day um, can actually generate some green methanol to enable Hong Kong to move forward to that industry. So, so I think that it will be quite exciting to see how technology merges with opportunities. If you move on from uh, clean energy for the uh, for the shipping mm-hmm. industry, look at the overall vo- uh, uh, volumes and cargo throughput. I mean, uh, Hong Kong's cargo throughput and container handling numbers have not been very looking very good um, over the last number of years. So do you see a, an, mm-hmm. a, an effort from government to improve on this? Do you see an opportunity for the industry to improve on it, or should we t- convert well, we our container so. terminal into maybe- housing? Well, that's a problem. I mean, um, if you think about terminals in housing, probably the land will have to take 20 years to clean up the the um, the, uh, uh, the well, it was slightly like issues yeah, on in the terminal. But I think that having said that, uh, we are all talking. The government are looking at various on the trade have actually proposed various opportunities. One of them is actually looking. We want to revisit Green Lane, modern Green Lane message. Uh, how then? How could we um, capture cargo? Not only the traditional 230, 300 kilos from Hong Kong, but up to 700, 800 kilos. How do we use a combination of um, uh, ch- uh, green lanes to ensure that the cargo transport can be... Well, in fact, China we're using all Chinese uh, um, truck drivers, uh, trucking, and then we use Hong- only Hong Kong drivers to the last mile, mm. taking up the forces from this on the border and bring it into the terminal. Uh, this kind of arrangement actually will um, secure additional uh, cargo opportunities um, um, for Hong Kong, but Importantly, I think uh, uh, whether we are top 10 and on the top 10, I don't think that is the most important. But important is how do we combine air, sea, land, um, cargo connections? That is the Hong Kong is the only place in the whole South, in the whole Asia that has the opportunity to have air, sea, and land combination. And that is how we have to make it work. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, let's bring in a couple of comments from listeners on the uh, budget. Um, housing estate Brett, short and to the point, says, just three words come to mind this morning. Capital Works Fund. The proverbial elephant in the room that nobody talks about. The structural problem that needs to be put out of our collective misery. Uh, a rather longer comment from John. John says, I'm not sure how much the government currently spends globally in promoting and marketing Hong Kong as a tourist attraction, but it should certainly increase the budget in this crucial area. I recently travelled on a cruise which sailed from Thailand to Hong Kong. Many of the passengers were wealthy, seemingly well-educated Americans. Rather than staying in Hong Kong for a few days at the end of the cruise, the majority of them said they were immediately returning to their North American homes. When I asked them why they weren't staying here a few days, they said that Hong Kong's image and reputation had been hurt in recent years by adverse Western media coverage related to the protests, national security laws, local freedoms, etc. As a Hong Kong resident, I attempted to allay their concerns, telling them that some Western media sources had painted an unduly negative picture of Hong Kong. 
But it's clear the Hong Kong government must launch an aggressive global marketing campaign, particularly in the Western Hemisphere, where our image has been arguably damaged the most, in order to restore our former image as a global tourist destination and financial hub. Uh, thank you very much, John. And let's but, go but back... But that's an interesting comment, of course, at the third anniversary <laughs> of uh, many of the protesters still being in jail awaiting uh, uh, the verdicts. It is almost exactly the third anniversary, yeah. yes. Yeah. No. Um, uh, let's go back to uh, Polly One, tax partner Deloitte. Um, Polly One, early on we, you, you mentioned about uh, the government's revenue raising measures. They've, um, they're increasing the uh, top rate of taxation to uh, 16%, and then there's the hotel accommodation tax that um, uh, there's been some debate about uh, this morning. Um, do, you, do you think the government is on this right, the right track with these revenue raising measures? Are there other measures they could have considered, but they didn't? Mm, okay. Um, I think the increase, the so-called increase in uh, the standard tax rate for uh, salaries and personal assessment uh, is uh, is a measure uh, used by the government to increase the revenue. And they try, and they try to uh, limit the affected population because uh, it, uh, it applies to the relatively high earning uh, individual population. For people who earn more than five million Hong Kong dollars, will be affected. And the hotel tax uh, is quite. I, I will agree with the previous guest that the impact is not that significant, and it is a norm in various jurisdictions that hotel tax or similar ages of tax will be charged. I think it is important to maintain the simple tax system and low tax rate in Hong Kong, especially the profit tax and no capital gain tax, no GST, no value-added tax, etc. So I think this is the, the reasons why the government wants to, to increase the, uh, the revenue by various uh, means instead of changing the core profit tax system in Hong Kong. The problem is that the money that is coming from these measures is really quite small, isn't it? Yeah, very little. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about less than one billion from the um, salaries tax increase. Uh, so mm. presumably, if the government needs more revenue, more significant revenue, it's going to have to do something more, more than aggressive. this. What, 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 what's your view, Polly One? Uh, I think you know, the objective is not only increase the revenue, but to reduce the deficit or maintain a break-even level of fiscal uh, results every year. So it's either increase the revenue, reduce the cost. the cost, and the government is doing uh, its work in both ways. Okay, and you don't, you really don't, I mean, the, the, there's a lot, in the past, there's been a lot of talk about broadening our tax base by having a goods and services tax, a sales tax. You, mm. you, you really don't think that's a good idea from your perspective? I think uh, it is always correct that uh, Hong Kong should uh, study the possibility to broaden the, po- the tax base, but uh, it involves, uh, it affects quite many people and companies. Uh, as we know, uh, in production of a new kind of taxes uh, is uh, very is mm. very important, and it uh, increased the compliance cost of many companies. Sure. Uh, as we know, we we only the Hong Kong tax system is very simple. Uh, the companies and individuals only submit their tax return once and every year, and generally for uh, jurisdictions which adopt consumption tax or value added tax, uh, they need to uh, generally need to submit the uh, tax return every month. 
So it is a huge compliance cost for many companies. So, so uh, you like that, but I mean, uh, at, at one hand, you you agree you agree to not have the GST, and on the other hand, uh, you, you suggest that we're going to have new t- forms of tax. Okay, so so let's go very quickly because we've got about ten seconds. Polly, one, would you like very briefly to respond to that? Uh, I think uh, before introduction of any new taxes, including uh, GST, uh, detailed study is required. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much indeed. You just heard uh, Polly Wan from Deloitte, also Willie Lin from the Hong Kong Shippers Council, uh, and Jason Leung from our Hong Kong Foundation, and of course uh, uh, the second presenter here, uh, Paul Zimmerman. Uh, that's it for today. Uh, tomorrow, um, Andrew Welk and Mike Rouse will be here for back chat, but don't forget, before back chat, the financial secretary will be here, and you can call him on two three three. Double eight two six six. So do join Radio Free tomorrow, both for uh, the financial secretary and for back chat.